Hey there, I'm Melanie Reed, and this is the HR Mentor. I am recording this today from the unceded traditional territories of the Tecumseh's Tishikwemek people, and I want to express my deep gratitude that I'm able to live, work, and play on these beautiful lands. A week or so ago, I was watching a video about preparing a PhD research proposal. And the person who made the video was talking about the need to sell yourself to the school. They went on to say that in many countries and cultures, having to boast or brag about what you're good at can feel icky. I think that was the actual word they used, icky. Now, in North American culture, it is less of an icky endeavor from a cultural perspective, but still a challenge for a lot of people. As someone who has conducted a lot of interviews and coached more than a few new graduates, I know that for most of you, selling a potential employer on what you bring to the table is not the easiest thing to do. I think sometimes it's a combination of feeling like you don't have any industry experience, so you may not have anything to offer. And in other cases, I think it's a bit of imposter syndrome, which is really where you just doubt your own potential and abilities. Regardless, the job search or your job search is not the time to be modest. And so that can be really challenging for a lot of people who are applying for jobs or preparing a resume or prepping for interviews. And apparently, as I'm learning, it's also not a time to be modest when you're preparing your research proposal for a PhD program. Either way, knowing what your strengths are and what you offer a potential employer is a really critical preparatory step when you're engaging in a job search. Or if you're pursuing a promotion or asking for a salary increase, or even if you're asking for a development opportunity at work. I know I've talked about identifying your strengths in a couple of episodes related to job search preparation and marketing yourself, but today I want to go a little bit deeper on the topic and share some tangible strategies that you can use to help identify what your strengths actually are. This is something that I spend a lot of time on in the HR Career Accelerator program because I really believe that knowing what you're good at and what you offer an employer is half the battle when you're engaged in a job search or looking for other opportunities. So it's a really important part of the process, definitely something you wanna spend some time on before you are submitting applications. So hopefully this will help you out today. And with that, let's get started. Welcome to the HR Mentor Podcast, the podcast for emerging HR practitioners to get practical advice, tools, and strategies to build credibility, confidence, and ultimately a fulfilling HR career. Before I get into today's topic, I just want to clarify my comment about the PhD proposal. You did hear me correctly. Last month, I found out I earned tenure and promotion at my university. Yay, I'm so excited about that. And now I'm thinking about what the next part of my second career is going to look like. And it appears that a doctorate could be in the cards. 
I'm really excited about the possibility of challenging myself in a PhD program and I'm really thrilled that I have the support of my colleagues and my school to pursue this. Now I'm sharing this with you today not to brag, not that there's anything wrong with that or nothing wrong with being proud of your accomplishments as I've already said, but rather I wanted to let you know that because if you've ever had the thought or you're having the thought that you're too old to start something or change paths, I'm here to tell you that that is not true. I started my second career, as I call it, less than five years ago, and I'm really in the most satisfying and happy place professionally that I actually think a person could be. I love my job and what I do. So if I can start a new path in my 40s and then pursue a doctoral degree near the end of my 40s, you can also do whatever inspires you. So I wanted to share that because I want you to realize that you should never let your age or circumstances stop you from pursuing something that you want to do. I also wanted to share that with you because I want to reassure any of my students that might be listening, I'm not leaving the university to pursue this. So um, I'm excited about it. I'm not sure if it will happen, when it will happen, but I just wanted to share that with you as sort of a personal note of, of where I'm at. And if you're feeling like you're running out of time, because I often hear students saying that, oh, I have to hurry up and finish this. Um, you have lots of time. We always have we always have lots of time. So don't be in such a hurry uh, to get things done and, you know, enjoy the process of learning. Now, a great way to begin pursuing something that you want to do is to figure out what your strengths are so that you really know what paths will fill your cup and that you're going to be good at. In reality, we're always happier doing something we are good at, and it's much easier to build up our strengths and leverage them than it is to try and overcome our limitations or our weaknesses. Now, you might be thinking, well, that doesn't really make sense. I should be, I should be trying to address my limitations. And I'm not saying you should ignore things that are challenging for you or that you shouldn't try and take on challenges. It's not at all what I'm saying. But if your strengths are in a completely different area and you focus all your attention on trying to address your limitations or weaknesses, you are probably going to be very frustrated. You're probably not going to be producing your best work. And that's obviously going to frustrate whoever you're working with. And it's not a really good long-term strategy for having a successful, satisfying career. So instead of trying to address all your limitations, leverage your strengths, but work with people who have what you don't, and then double down on what you're good at. That's my philosophy. And I'll give you a quick example. I'm not good at administration or being very organized. I'm also not the best executor. I'm a vision person, an idea person, and I think I'm really good at relating to other people. But if I come up with a brilliant idea for something, I will not be the first person to take action on it. I'm actually even pretty good at planning things out, 
but getting started and getting into the weeds of something is not really where I shine. And I know this, and I have known this for most of my life. And it used to really frustrate me because I would kind of beat myself up over it. Now I don't try to fix it. I really accept that that is not my strength. I don't enjoy it. I find it cognitively very challenging. It doesn't motivate me. And so it doesn't really make me happy to do that. Instead, what I do is I look to work with people who are the opposite of me. People who are good at taking an idea and putting it into action. Because I know that that's not what I'm great at. At my last corporate job, I had a colleague who was an incredible executor. That word actually sounds terrible. But you know what I mean. She got shit done. And I would come up with an idea or a plan and we would get all excited about it. And then the next day or so, she would come to me and would already be working on it, even without us setting a deadline. It was amazing. So once you know what you're good at, and if you're ever in a position to build your own team, look for people who have strengths in areas you don't and let them shine in their own way. I promise you will get so much more done and everyone will be happier. If you have a team that is full of ideas, people like me, and nobody who's really good at taking ideas and getting them started in an actionable direction, you're probably not going to accomplish a lot. And that's going to frustrate whoever you're working for. Try and look at working with people that complement you, but are not necessarily the same as you. Now, of course, that can lead to conflict because you're not you're not all thinking about the same things at the same time. But sometimes just having a conversation around this. I know at, at that same place that I worked, we took a strengths assessment, which I'll talk about a little bit later. And we looked at what everybody's strengths were. And that was really beneficial. So you can certainly do something like that and figure out how best to leverage what everybody's really good at. Let's go back to you. If you're a recent grad or a student or really early in your career, getting to know your strengths can be incredibly valuable. And I think there's three reasons you want to know what your strengths are at this stage of your career. The first one is you will have better alignment with job requirements. Understanding your strengths can help you identify roles that align with your natural abilities, and that's going to increase your chances of being successful in the role. When you know what you're good at, you can target roles that require those specific skills and strengths, and that's automatically going to make you a stronger candidate. It will also make it easier to sell yourself through the whole selection process. And then when you're hired, well, you're going to be better at the job than someone who didn't have those same strengths. So first reason, you're going to have better alignment with job requirements. The second reason is it tends to increase our confidence. Recognizing your strengths can boost your self-confidence and it will help you communicate your value to potential employers. When you're confident in your abilities, you are more likely to showcase them during the interview and make a positive impression. I can't tell you how often I've finished up an interview and one of the, although subjective judgments that a hiring manager might make on a candidate is that, well, 
they just sort of lacked confidence. And that often comes when people struggle to answer specific questions. It comes out when they're uncomfortable talking about themselves or identifying what their strengths are. Very common interview question. What are your strengths and weaknesses? Or what are your strengths and opportunities for development? Uh, what would your last manager say your strengths are? All of these sorts of questions can come up. And when you hesitate, it says a couple of things. Number one, maybe you don't know what your strengths are, or what you have to offer. And number two, it is a sign that there is a little lack of confidence in what you can contribute. Another interview question that comes up where strengths can be really beneficial or knowing your strengths can be beneficial is at the end of the interview, a lot of times people say, okay, this is your chance for your final pitch. Why should we hire you? Ah, perfect opportunity to talk about your strengths and things you've accomplished and how they relate to this role. But if you don't know what they are and you aren't confident in your abilities, you'll really struggle with questions like that. This can also come up when you're asking for a promotion or a development opportunity where you currently work. It doesn't have to just be used when you're applying for a new role. Definitely will increase your confidence in job selection process, but also when you're asking for things where you work already. The third uh, and final reason that I feel it's important to know your strengths at this stage of your career is that it will help give you a clear career direction. Obviously, understanding your strengths is going to help you identify the type of work that is best suited for you. It can help you narrow down your career options and then focus on roles that you know are going to bring you more satisfaction and success because they align with what your strengths are really important. So better alignment with job requirements, increased confidence, and clear career direction. So let's get into how you can identify what some of your strengths are. To do this, I want you to get in the mood for some self-discovery, however that works for you. Maybe you need to go for a walk, make a cup of tea, grab a notebook or your iPad or laptop, put on some music, whatever works for you. Uh, but get ready to, to respond to some of these prompts. Of course, this being a podcast, you can listen to the first one, pause it, make some notes. It's definitely how I recommend you do this, or you can do them over a period of time. One of the challenges with identifying strengths is that you may have a bit of imposter syndrome. So some of my suggestions are also going to involve engaging others in the process, and that might require you to, to take a bit of time with this. And that's okay. Definitely worth the effort and the time you put into this. It'll make the rest of your job seeking process much easier. Um, and if you're looking to level up in a workplace, it will also take some of the guesswork out. Of course, you don't necessarily have to do all of these, uh, but I do suggest you try more than a couple of them to make sure that you're really capturing all the strengths you might offer and coming at it from different angles or perspectives or just different ways of thinking about it can help with that. First one I want you to do is reflect on your past successes. Take some time to reflect on experiences where you felt successful, accomplished, fulfilled. These types of experiences can give you insight into the strengths that were used to achieve them. Really think about what you did well, what came naturally to you, 
and what made you feel confident through the process. This is also really important because identifying your accomplishments is a key part of developing your resume and marketing yourself. So essentially, you're tackling both with this one exercise. Don't limit yourself to accomplishments and successes at work either. Think about your whole life, sports, school, volunteering, your personal relationship, the whole gamut of experiences you've had. Maybe you're really proud of yourself for how you navigated an interpersonal conflict with a friend. Thinking back, you realized you used an empathy or relating approach to help resolve this conflict. Maybe this signals that you are really good at managing conflict or you have strengths in conflict management. Maybe it means you're good at having difficult conversations or that you're great at using empathy and seeing things from somebody else's perspective. This might also happen in a team conflict at school or work. Whatever it is, go back over experiences you've had in your life where you feel like you were successful or really accomplished something. The way I usually like to tackle exercises like this where I have to look back is I try and narrow down experiences into certain year categories. So I will start with high school and I'll say, what were things that I accomplished or were successes for me in high school? And then I'll look at, you know, maybe the next five years or my early university days. And then my first couple of professional jobs, or I'll look at part-time jobs that I've had. At one point in time, I was coaching figure skating, and I learned a lot about myself and developed a lot of skills through that period of time. So I might just look back at that particular job because I did it over a period of a number of years and think about what were some of my successes and accomplishments there. Okay, so a good way to do this is to kind of break down the time periods of your life and think about what were your successes. It's also a really good way to boost your confidence because you're going to look back and you're going to be surprised when it's all down there on paper or on your laptop or iPad and you're going to say, I did a lot of stuff. I accomplished a lot of things. And I think that's really important when you're trying to promote yourself. Okay, reflect on past successes. The second strategy or, or approach you could take is to take note of what comes easy to you. Pay attention to tasks or activities that you think come really easy. Even if they're not related to work, of course. This could be anything from organizing events or helping friends with their resumes. These areas of ease often correspond with your strengths. So take note of what comes naturally to you and what you enjoy doing. The best way to do this is to run through a day or week in your mind and think about all the things you do, all the tasks, activities you engage in, and then categorize them as things you can do naturally well or that come easy to you, even if they didn't always, and what tasks do not. For example, organizing a space does not really come easy to me, and I certainly don't enjoy it. But identifying ideas for course content or these podcasts does come easy to me. And they're coming at me all the time, all day long. So I know that that's something that comes easy to me. I read something, I get a related idea, 
Sometimes I write it down. Sometimes I forget. So I might reason that a strength I have is generating ideas, big picture thinking, and maybe brainstorming. So make a list of all the things that comes easy to you and then categorize them into different strengths that you feel you might have from that. The third strategy you can use is to identify your values. I know I'm like a broken record on this one, but values are so important and they can also help you identify your strengths. Think about what is most important to you in your personal and professional life. These values can help you identify your strengths and what you're naturally drawn to. For example, if you value creativity and innovation, you may have a strength in problem solving or generating new ideas. Or if you value connection and community, you might have strengths in building relationships or relating to others or showing empathy. If you haven't already done the values exercise and identified your core values, you know what I'm going to say, go listen to episode two and learn about how you can identify your core values, do the exercises, and then think about what strengths might be illuminated from that process. The fourth strategy is a very tactical, tangible one, and that's to evaluate job postings. If you're actively involved in a job search right now, you are going to be spending lots of time looking at different job postings that interest you. So dig in deep on that. Go find a bunch of job posting for roles that interest you, or maybe if you're looking to take your career to the next level, ones that you feel would be maybe down the road for you even, and evaluate the skills and qualifications that are required. Think about which of these skills align with your strengths and what you enjoy doing. This can be helpful because it will not only lead you to discover what some of your strengths are, because they will give you words and ideas that of strengths you maybe had never thought of, or things you can do or that you're good at that you never really thought of as strengths, but it will also give you a sense of what types of roles or organizations are going to be a really good fit for you. Remember, we want to pick job opportunities that align with our strengths. So if we look at a job posting and we're going through the skills and the qualifications and the knowledge and abilities that are needed, and you feel like you have strengths in some of those areas, then that's going to be a signal that this could be a really good job for you, that you could be happy there, that you could contribute, and that you won't feel overwhelmed when you get there because you have some of those strengths. Of course, you don't have to have all of them. We're all learning beings all the time, but it can be really helpful to, to go through job postings and use that exercise to help you identify your skills and strengths. The fifth strategy is to think about what other people come to you for help with. This is such a good one and one that often gets overlooked in identifying strengths. You might be the go-to person for help with a particular task or problem, and you might not even see that as a strength. This is often something that comes up in personal lives, but also at work, right? We know people that are really good at Excel, or maybe it's developing um, headlines for job postings, or maybe it's somebody that's really good at planning events and maybe you're that person 
So if you get asked to do things frequently and people want your help with them, that could signal a strength for you. It might not be that exact task, but it might be something related to it. So for example, let's say you're the go-to person in your family for helping people fix things on their computer. It's a really common thing that happens in many families. There's often people that are really good at those sorts of things and people that get frustrated easily. Now, maybe this doesn't mean that you should pursue a technical career or you should be working in a help desk in an IT department, but maybe what it means is that you're really good at uncovering what people's needs or requirements are. Maybe when you think back on the process of helping your sibling or your aunt or your parent solve their technical issue on their computer, what the strength is, is that you're able to really ask them a lot of good clarifying questions to figure out what the problem is. And maybe that is a skill in problem identification or clarifying problems or problem solving, right? Because if you can draw that information out of them, that's going to help you find a better solution as opposed to making a whole bunch of assumptions, which is what a lot of us would do and assume we know what the problem is or what they're asking for you to address. And then you just charge in and, and do what you think is right. So it might come not just in the task itself, but in the way you approach the task. And within that, you could find a strength that you have. So think about the times when people ask you for help. An example for me, a lot of people ask me to look at their resume. It's not difficult for me. I find it really easy to quickly look at a resume and just visually I can see if there are formatting challenges with it, if it's easy to read. Um, I know from being on the hiring side what kind of information an employer is going to want to see right off the bat when they're doing their first shortlist. And so I can give feedback on that fairly quickly. And that's something that I get asked to do a lot because I'm very comfortable with the resume process, writing resumes. One of my very first jobs in my career was helping people prepare resumes. So I've been doing this for 25 years. It comes naturally to me and I, I have methods and ways of explaining it to people. So that's a strength for me. It's also something people ask me to do a lot. So hopefully you can find a few things there that you're the go-to person for. Again, don't limit yourself to work. Don't limit yourself to school. And don't limit yourself to personal. Look at all those areas and see where you get asked to help and, and what value you offer in those situations. The sixth strategy is to assess your personal projects. I really like this one. So forget about work and school for a while and think about your hobbies, your side projects, things that you do for fun or for joy outside of school and work, might be volunteering. These areas can provide insight into your strengths and your interests outside of work. So for example, maybe you really enjoy cooking. I have lots of colleagues who are the primary um, 
I was going to say cooker, but that's not really a good word. They're the chef in their household. And so they don't do that as a professional role, but they really love cooking. And so they cook for their families and it is relaxing for them. It's fun for them. They like trying new recipes. They enjoy food. And maybe there are some strengths and interests or strengths that you can identify from that. Maybe they don't really follow the recipe to a T, but they are really good at improvising and being creative in the kitchen. And so maybe that does lead them to identify creativity as a strength, recognizing it in a personal passion that you have can allow you to think about where that shows up for you in other contexts like work or school. Play around with that a little bit. Think about the activities you're drawn to outside of work and school and see if there's any insights there as to what strengths you have. For example, if one of your strengths is relating to other people and connection and one of your passions is playing slow pitch or soccer with other adults and you're the one that is always making sure everybody gets introduced to each other, that there's group activities. Well, that makes you a natural connector of various people. It also can be a sign that you're good at relating to other people. Maybe it means you're a really good listener. All of these things that you do that bring you joy, you often do because you're good at. These things that bring you joy, they bring you joy for a reason. And my point is, within that experience, you might find some strengths that you have that can be related to workplace situations or scenarios. The seventh strategy, I know there's a lot of these, but I want you to have some choices here. The seventh strategy is to ask for feedback. So this is where we're going to engage others. It's going to help us overcome that imposter syndrome. And it's also a really good validating process. So I want you to reach out to former colleagues, supervisors, or mentors. Uh, it might be friends. It might be people you went to university with. It should be somebody you trust that's going to give you supportive feedback. And ask them for feedback on your strengths. Ask them what they see as your, your greatest strengths and accomplishments and how you've used them in the workplace or at school. Their insights can really help you see yourself in a new light. They may identify things that you've never thought of before as strengths you possess. And that can be really valuable because you might even ask them for an example. And that can be helpful in an interview process, on your resume, or just even in boosting your confidence. I don't know about you, but... The older I get, the less I remember about the things I've done over the years or in different workplaces. But when I get together with colleagues that are maybe still working in that workplace or remember different events and we start to talk about these things, they're talking about things that I didn't even remember happened, right? And that can be really helpful to have those conversations because within those conversations, you might identify other strengths and accomplishments. Now, the way I would approach this feedback is I would try out a couple of the other strategies, come up with a list that you think are some of your key strengths, as many as you can, and then ask them for their assessment of your strengths. 
and kind of compare the lists and maybe have a conversation with them and say, oh, that's interesting that you identified this as a strength. This is one of the things I identified as a strength and this is why. And ask them what they think about that and get their perspective on it. It's really good to validate this with other people. Again, it boosts your confidence, but it also generates more ideas. Find somebody you trust or a couple people that you trust to kind of have a conversation with this. Buy them a coffee, tell them what you're doing, that you're getting ready for a job search or you're considering asking for a promotion or a development opportunity and you really want to hone in on what your strengths are and what you offer and and that you want to get their feedback on that because you trust them as a colleague or mentor, etc. Now, the eighth and final strategy is to take a strengths finder assessment. I'm sure that you have probably taken an assessment online or maybe more than one to help identify personality traits or interests over the years, but there are specific ones out there that will help you identify your strengths. The one that I love is the Clifton Strengths Finder. It's an assessment tool by Gallup. It used to be called StrengthsFinder 2.0. And I have everyone in the HR Career Accelerator program take this as part of the process. It comes with the registration fee. It helps you identify all of your strengths. It categorizes them into key themes and then offers you suggestions on how to embrace these strengths and how they might show up in a work setting. I'll leave a link in the show notes where you can go online and purchase the assessment yourself. The base level will help you identify your top five strengths, or you can pay a little bit more and get access to all 34 strengths themes. Now, I want to clarify, I'm not an affiliate of Gallup. I don't make a commission if you buy one. They don't even know who I am. I just really believe in the power of knowing and embracing what you're good at. And I think that this tool is really helpful in doing that. It's going to help lead to greater clarity, job satisfaction, and ultimately your overall happiness, which at the end of the day, I think that's what everybody's seeking when they get up in the morning and go to work is, is a job that ultimately makes them happy. And you will be happier doing something that you feel you're good at. I can tell you a few stories over the course of my career where I worked with employees who in my HR role who were struggling and they weren't very good at their role and managers are trying to performance manage them. And when we start to look at their interests, their personality traits and their strengths, we often realize that it's not that they're a bad employee. They're just in the wrong job. It doesn't play to their strengths or what their interests are, and therefore they're not very good at it. And I can tell you, they're also not very happy. So really spending some time to figure this out is going to be beneficial to you throughout your whole career. Clifton Strengths Finder is an option for you. Again, you can certainly seek out other assessments. You don't have to use that one. It's just the one I'm familiar with um, and that I use for myself and for clients and and uh, and students. So you can check that out and I will leave a link in the show notes. Now, I also have a special bonus for everyone who listens to this episode. I am going to give you a chance to win a copy of the 
strengths-based leadership book from Gallup, which will come with a free StrengthsFinder assessment. If you win the contest, I'll mail you a book. It's a hard copy book, and you will get an access code in that book and a chance to find out what your top five strengths are. The assessment, it doesn't take very long. I think 45 minutes or so to answer all the questions. And then you'll have the book as well, which is an excellent resource. Even if you're not in a positional leadership role right now, it will help you better understand what you have to offer an employer. And it will certainly help boost your confidence. So if you're interested in winning the book, the contest is super simple. All you have to do is subscribe to the HR Mentor podcast on any podcasting platform and rate it. So some of the platforms that I recommend are Apple Podcasts, Spotify, our hosting platform is Podbean, or you could go with a podcast aggregator like Google Podcasts. Doesn't matter as long as you subscribe and rate the podcast. Once you've done that, take a screenshot of your subscription and your rating and share it on social media. Instagram or LinkedIn and tag me. I'll leave the links in the show notes as well for my social media handles. Then you can submit your entry by sending an email to melanie at the hrmentor.ca with your name, your social media handle, and I want you to share one strategy that you learned from this episode just to show me you actually listened to it. So the contest will be open until May 10th, 2023 after which I will select a winner through a random draw of submissions. You can find all of these details in the show notes wherever you're listening. It's a great book. Um, I've used it over the course of my career. I've worked in places where they use the strengths-based model for leadership development, and it was very successful. It's a wonderful resource and tool for anyone pursuing a career, but also Uh, For HR professionals, it's really beneficial to have not only to know your own strengths, but to understand how you can help employees identify their strengths. Okay, so we're out of time for today. This episode was actually way longer than I thought it was going to be, but I do hope this helped clarify why it's important to know your strengths and some of the strategies that you can use to understand what your specific unique strengths are. I encourage you to take some time to work on these strategies while this episode is fresh in your mind and be sure to share them with a colleague or friend you trust to get some further input. I really want to thank you for listening today and for downloading past episodes. I'm always blown away by the feedback I get and the number of people that are tuning in this season. It's it's really overwhelming sometimes to know that people are listening. As I've said before, I actually thought it would be my mom and maybe a couple students that would listen to this podcast. So I'm I'm touched and thrilled that people are getting value from this. If you've never left a review or a comment, I'd love to hear from you. Tell me what you're learning and how this podcast is helping you with your HR career. Sharing your feedback online or through the podcast apps is best because it helps other people find the show and, of course, benefit from the content and this community. And don't forget, you have a chance to enter the Strengths-Based Leadership Book Contest by doing so. So make sure you follow through on that and get your name in the draw for that book. And don't forget, you can find a link to related episodes in the show notes wherever you're listening as well as a link to sign up for the fan club membership site and my newsletter. 
The HR Mentor Fan Club is a virtual space where you can get access to special bonus episodes of the podcast, resources, and free downloads, as well as a chance to access special discounts on future programs. As always, thank you so much for listening. Your time is always appreciated. Take care. Bye for now.